0: Hello and welcome to episode five of Blethered.
1: There he goes again.
0: Fuck (coughs) this. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Blethered I see you've still not learned your lesson uh, and you're back again But like I said before, that suits me This episode I sat down with Tommy Gakinwan Tommy's a professional photographer, writer He's lectured at Glasgow Uni He's a TV judge uh, on a TV show in Singapore That's a conversation for another time Um, We spoke about other things I'd like to have him back on But what we did touch on was Tommy's Chinese heritage, his father's from Hong Kong, his mother's from air, you know, how that kind of shaped him. We spoke about how he got into photography, you know, where that's taken him, and we chatted about various topics. Um, It was very enjoyable. Tommy's an intelligent guy, um, and it was nice to to hear him talk about his work. He's somebody I've been a fan of for a while. Um, In the notes for the episode, I will Put in links for his Flickr page which is now pretty much defunct or dormant should I say um, but it's, it's got some great examples of his work. We spoke about the granny Annie videos to explain for anybody who doesn't know what they are Tommy would film his gran um, in everyday situations noise her up, put the camera in her face and it got quite a hilarious reaction. it did go viral. I would recommend YouTube it, maybe pause this, if you've got time, pause it and just search Granny Annie. They are hilarious, um, and I think you would be surprised when you see the videos to then pair her and Tommy together, which was part of the intrigue for me. Before getting started, I would like to draw attention to a non-profit group called Help the Homeless Glasgow. They're a non-profit group, they go out regularly and distribute food, sleeping bags and other essentials to homeless people. In Glasgow city centre, they've also started a, a project with the intention of getting a bus kitted out to sleep twelve rough sleepers per night. Um, we've started a crowdfunder through Just Given. Now you can find that on their Twitter page, which is at HTH underscore Glasgow or Facebook, which is Help the Homeless Glasgow. Uh, You'll find the likes to that there. So far they've raised £4,235 of a £10,000 target. So if you either wanted to donate to that or maybe you want to, to volunteer or maybe you've got some stuff that you want to donate then it'd be worth getting in touch because it's going to a terrific cause. It's going to people that need it and they're very responsive on their social media pages. So I would get in touch if that's something that you'd like to be involved in. Right, that's enough chat from me. Uh, I hope you enjoy the conversation that we had, Um, listen out for the wee bit of information at the end, and speak to you in a bit. Tommy, thank you very much for joining me. Happy to be here, thanks. Excellent. If you don't mind, just for anyone who might not know you, if you could give just a wee breakdown of who you are, please. Uh, My name is Tommy
1: Akenwan, um, and I'm a photographer, Uh, so... Most of the work I do is in theatre, opera, classical music. So I mostly photograph these for a living. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I do lots of other things in my spare time, but that's my, that's my job.
0: I'll share your like your website and your Flickr page in um, sure. the intro. and well, I, I suppose I'm speaking in past tense now, so yeah, for the yeah. purposes of good editing, I'll say <laughs> I have already shared it. Um, yeah, so I'd li- like to start with your background. You know, you've know, you obviously got a Chinese surname, yep. where, where are you from, like, what's your your heritage?
1: Uh, so my dad's from Hong Kong, he moved to Scotland in the 80s, um, he came over here to work and study and he met my mum here, uh, so yep, they got together and here I am, <laughs> I mean they're not together anymore but... Right. <laughs> Did he choose Scotland? Yeah, he had a big sister who was already living over here. And uh, I think when he was looking for somewhere to come, somewhere to move in the world, she said, well, you should come over here, it's great. That air, it was great.
0: (laughs) That's like, I might be looking too much into it, but I'm quite fascinated by how someone from Hong Kong would choose Scotland. Like, what was his sister's reason, do you know?
1: Yeah, I don't actually, I've I've been meaning to ask her that because, um, because, yeah, apparently she was one of the... The very first like Chinese people ever to settle in here, anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Glasgow and Edinburgh, you know, the cities had seen Chinese before, but yeah, it was um, yeah, an interesting decision. I mean, I suppose ugh, there was money to be made, good business, like you know, mm-hmm. open up the takeaways and uh, a yeah. make of make
0: them. Uh, do you know anything about their experiences? Because I can't imagine that was particularly easy at that time, and you know, in history. Um. I've never talked to my about it, but I think my dad found it all right.
1: Um, I remember when oh, when I was a, when I was moving to uni, so that was seventeen, eighteen, about fifteen years ago. And uh, me and my dad were driving down Union Street, and he pointed up to where I don't know—is it still a cat house? Yeah, I think it's still there, right? Eh? Uh, and he said, uh, "Oh, is there, is there still a discotheque there?" <laughs> and I said, ah, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think we call it that, but because um, that's apparently where he used to go." When yes. First moved, so I mean you had pals and you, yeah you went out dancing and that kind of thing and then you know, my mum obviously so I think you know she had a decent time.
0: So I'm quite fascinated by your kind of identity because you're very Scottish but you also have would you call it Chinese? Yeah heritage. yeah I absolutely. Yeah. Like, I'm, I was always unsure about Hong Kong.
1: Ah, true. I mean, it's like uh, yeah, politically and <clears throat> culturally, they're quite different places. But I mean, yeah, just for the sake of that, I mean, say, yeah, Chinese. I think.
0: How do you feel that shaped you as a person? Because they're obviously two very completely different backgrounds, like merged into one.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's, for me, it's been a real blessing um, to have, like, to be grow up with two different cultures, two different languages, two different kinds of food, mm-hmm. way of thinking. Yeah, it's been great. I really, I really, I really loved it, and it's a big part of who I'm. You know, I mean, for some people, I do know have Chinese people who don't really, who don't really care about their Chinese heritage. Yeah. You know, it's not important to them. It's not, it's not who they are. You know, where they are is where they were born and raised. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's a big part of me. Do you do you speak Does uh, Cantonese? Cantonese. Um, oh, I'm, I'm not great, um, but I can I can get by. You know, mm-hmm. when I go to Hong Kong, I can order in restaurants tell the taxi driver where I'm going and you know do that yeah. kind of thing and my granny she doesn't speak any English so I have to speak to her in Chinese right, okay. um, so yeah I mean I can tell her you know if I'm staying with her right I'm going out I'll be back tomorrow I'm going out with my friends don't worry my yeah, dad yeah. knows you know that <laughs> kind of thing so yeah just practical stuff like that so she
0: she's in Hong Kong she doesn't speak in English what age is she? Uh, I think she's Nobody really knows, but we're pretty sure she's ninety-eight, ninety-nine
1: now, <laughs> something like that. Because yeah, I don't know if the birth records were kept as you know meticulous. Like, she
0: ever? Do you know what she thinks about? Like, what is her perception of where you're from? Because has, has she left Hong Kong? Does she ever travel anywhere?
1: um uh, she's been around the world. And when I was wee, she used to come over to Scotland to visit. Oh, did she? Really? Uh, but she's not been for a long time now. Um. Oh. thanks very
0: much. Sorry, I can't edit that, but thank you very much. Don't worry, I'll get that, you don't need to
1: get it. Sure? Aye, you thank you very much. I always feel really bad when you're like, opening it. I'm like, sorry, I can't do that. I know, I know. I went to a restaurant recently for my birthday and uh, it was in Trump Tower which I felt a little bit bad about but it wasn't his restaurant aye, aye. But, um, I saw you talking about that, actually so fancy it was unbelievable and I mean just like they just did everything for you and it actually really kind of pissed me off like you know I, they're ready for you to come back from the toilet so that they can get the seat ready for you and I'm like no listen
0: I can, I can, I can sit down myself <laughs> I feel like I sort of when that happens I feel not undeserving but I just feel embarrassed by it Because I'm like me, me and you are the same Like why I know exactly Why are you doing this I feel like a bit of a Victorian chimney sweep, Like sort of Ringing my cap Like awkwardly Aye,
1: Exactly Yeah when I um, When I was in India And um, It was this wee boy And he always, I would see him Every day the route I would take And he was he You know he always Wanted to shine my shoes <laughs> I was like, well I don't really want do need them shined but you know, but all we was asking was so ten pieces. as many times I was like, I okay, but listen, I'm not I'm not gonna stand here while you get down and shine my shoes. I'll,
0: I'll take them off and we can sit down together That's you can ah, sit it's nice. Right, it's, it's quite a symbolic thing, isn't it? Like, I don't want anybody
1: getting on the neat well, not in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I know
0: let's not let be doing so. Um Sorry, so you were saying that she's kinda been around and stuff, she's been over to been over to Scotland. Yeah,
1: um I don't know why she stopped actually, maybe it was her health. And maybe it's just mm-hmm. because we started going over there a lot, so it was all the same. And then maybe, and I know she hated the cold, like, um, it would be like the middle of summer and we'd go to Isle and Roselle and there, mm-hmm. feed the swans of that. And uh, she has got like 15
0: cardigans on, she'd like go <laughs> round with it. For <laughs> yeah. um, Like, I'd quite like to basically speak about your career how it started and so on so what I know so far is you were given a camera on your 14th birthday is that correct? Oh when I was 14 don't know if, I can't remember if it was my birthday it might have been uh, yeah, right. <clears throat> but um, around that
1: age and um, yeah I just uh, it was a wee digital camera 0. 0.35 megapixel <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah I just took it everywhere you know and I wasn't interested in photography or I mean I didn't see what I was doing as photography it was mm-hmm. just taking photographs and I just took photographs of You know anything and everything it was mostly mostly just the you know nonsense me and my pals got up to but then then when I got a bit older and then you know started to spend a bit more time by myself I would just you know go on walks along the river here by myself or whatever and you know you might see an unusual mushroom and then think oh I'll take a picture of that and then you know as you get a bit older and you get I think it was watching films that you know showed me how uh, an image can be beautiful and then you'd think about, you know, well, I'm I'm not just taking a picture of this then to say, oh, that's a thing I saw. Think about how I might look at it in a different way and make okay. it more beautiful.
0: It you, as far as I'm aware, and correct me if I'm wrong, you've never had any real formal photography training? No, not at all. But then how it wasn't long after that period at 14, you were then being was it commissioned to go and work? Um, so it
1: was, it was... I was 16, 17 when I won my first competition. Mm. Um and then things got published places and then when I went to uni when I was 17 and by then I'd sort of upgraded my camera a bit so it was a bit more of a series piece of kit um, and then everybody just sort of knew me as that guy with the camera
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then everybody remembered me that way and so whenever anybody needed any photos taken they would they would remember me and then mm-hmm. there was a guy that who worked for uh, the Allianz Francaise just along in Park Circus it's okay. a French cultural organisation and so he had a part-time job in there and the French ambassador was coming to visit Glasgow for some reason and, and giving a talk at the City Chambers and of course the press would be there but the for says needed their own photographer mm-hmm. and then this guy was like oh there's like, you know I know a guy who's always got a camera which you know, I say to him and then this boss was like ah, that's, and then that's, that was my first right, okay. that was my first real job going, <laughs> going to the City Chambers to photograph the French ambassador oh, that's
0: amazing <laughs> and did that then just lead on to other things yeah, or did you yeah, make it
1: happen? yeah much um, it just kind of went like from that um Yeah, it went from there and then the next thing that happened was I I went on a student exchange while I was at uni um, and it was run by the British Council. I just wrote an essay. It was a wee competition and then four students from Glasgow Uni went to Pakistan. It was after 9-11 so I think they wanted to foster relations between Western countries and Mm -hmm. and Muslim countries. So four students from Glasgow Uni went over to Pakistan for ten days, two weeks um, and that was really interesting. It was a great trip. But then when the university and the British Council saw the pictures I'd taken while I was over there Again, this was just when I was a hobbyist um they started to give me some work mm-hmm. and then so by the time I did come to when it time, time I was graduating I had um, I was getting some paid work and just sort of thought I uh, yeah, to snowballed, yeah, yeah so yeah um, I mean I'm um, yeah yeah there, I mean there have been times when because it's not easy or it certainly wasn't um and you know you get to see lots of interesting things and I do love it but then there were times when you know, I would really struggle for money. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, I should, have, I should have just become a lawyer. Why am I doing this? <laughs> and then... But you and me, things seem to have sort of leveled out. I, to be, I feel secure now, so... Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Touch wood. So, it's very much just a passion that you've pursued. You were saying, obviously, you've just said there that you you worried at times. You know, what did it take for that then to become secure for you? Was it just... Was it over time or is it as you got better? Because...
1: Yeah, I mean I suppose year on year I get more more work, so and then I suppose a lot of it is just sort of yeah, maybe I grew up a bit in myself as well because I use I mean I, I just I'm I'm still not really very really good at managing money, but you know, I'm able to save a bit now, you know, mm-hmm. whereas before I, just anything I got I spent. Which uh, was really stupid because I didn't know where the next paycheck was coming from. It's so. just a tendency of isn't
0: so where do you see your I know this is a quite a vague question, but in five five years from now, let's say, like, what kind of aspirations or visions do you have for, for you know the next stage of your career? Um, I mean, I'm really happy with the work I'm doing, so I think I'd just like for there to be more of it,
1: and you know, maybe you know a bit more variety. Um, I'd like to. I mean, uh, uh, most of the work I do is in Scotland. Although I'm up and down to London a lot, and then occasionally, I'm you know, if I'm lucky, I get to go abroad. So yeah, see a bit more of the world and, and do some work in other places would be would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do that, of course.
0: So, with have kind of spoken about the, the details of what, but I'd like to speak about sort of the impact that it's had, because a lot of people come, like when I mentioned you were coming on, there's a lot of people I didn't realise knew who you were, um, and I suppose I could share my experience, so... And this is something I would like to talk about as well, because this is really funny, I think. So, about five, six years ago, the Granny Annie videos were really going viral, And they were amazing. And I would like to. I don't know if people have just seen the sort of supercut, you know, the compilation. Aye, aye. But would I be correct in saying it was you recording a grand, giving a very simple yet insightful opinion on complex matters at times? Would that be. Well, it was kind of. I mean, yeah, there were two aspects of it. Like, one
1: was, I mean, me just being a wee shit and doing, like, the stuff (laughs) that's in that, like, really winding her up just for that reaction. But then there's some of them where it's a bit more you know, it is just a bit more documentary and I'm just recording the sort mm-hmm. of stuff she's t- saying and maybe I'll ask her some questions to get something out of her, but not you know, not not stupid stuff, like mm-hmm. just just you know, you know, asking her questions about her life and what she thinks. Yeah.
0: Um so I, I watched those, find them hilarious and with the whole Tom, Tom, get that get it, <laughs> take it out my throat and all that, like I just thought <laughs> that was hilarious and I don't know why because I wouldn't usually be interested in this, but I was to become really fascinated by who is this guy. I don't really? know what I thought. Like, I think I had an image in my head, and this sounds almost classist, I don't mean it that way, but I pictured a wee guy in trackies in, like, a Celtic top. Uh, okay. so,
1: I thought I would, would be some, like, 15-year-old or something. That's <laughs> what I thought it was. Uh, so then when I,
0: s- I... don't know how... I actually can't remember how, but I'm quite good at digging on stuff. And I mm-hmm. saw it was you, and the first thing I thought was, no oh, fucking way. Yeah, like, yeah. that can't be, because she is white Scottish and you have look of Chinese origin. So I was like, right, that's that's bizarre. And then I found your... (coughs) And I'm really weird with dates and stuff. I'm like Rain Man. But I can remember it was the 1st of April 2013 because I had been out on the 31st. So I found your Flickr page, (laughs) which I'll share as well. Um, And the photo... Because I don't... I don't have any particular interest or knowledge of photography or pictures. Like, if you show me a photograph, I'd be like, cool, it's a nice picture. But I don't mm. know, there was something about these that just really... I was like, fucking hell, that's amazing. And you'd share often, like, like a wee mini-essay or, like, your sort of thoughts on things. Yeah, yeah. So this really impact, impacted me to the point that I sat up all night just looking through them <laughs> and thinking, this is amazing. Like, I was... And I, I'd never had any previous interest or I'd never shown any sort of... Tendency to have any interest in that, and it really reading about you, writing about being in Hong Kong and travel and stuff, and I thought, wow, like I kind of I don't know if it maybe made me realise all along that's what I'd wanted to do. But long story short, about three or four months later, I moved to Barcelona. Or I started the process to move to Barcelona, and, and I would constantly kind of come back to him and I found them <clears> as <throat> like a real source of inspiration. Now I'm going to shut up because this isn't about me. It is about you, but. Am I the only? I cannot be the only person to have said that to you. Um. uh, Well, no, I suppose
1: not. And I mean, it's it's really nice to hear because I mean, I the other people that say it, you know, sometimes I'll get a nice email just you know from a I don't know girl in Japan or something, you know, (laughs) or or or, or, or in San Francisco who you know wants to tell me something similar, and that's really nice because um, obviously I love what I do, but um, it's quite. You know, it's quite easy and I do I think a lot of artists of various all different kinds maybe feel this. But sometimes you think what's what's the what's the point of what I do actually, you know? Mm-hmm. Like um, my my ex was a doctor. Um and so you know, sometimes I'd, I'd be out on a shoot and then um he'd be at work and he'd come home and I'd say, Alright, he'd say, How how was your day? and I'd say, Oh it was great, you should um we did, there was a shoot down the beach, you'd seen the costumes, it were great, we started a fire. I say, how was your day? So two people died. Oh fuck! Oh. Let's open some wine then. But you know, you sit and then when you ha- when you live with somebody who's doing a really important job like that, you think, what's the point? In what I do? You know, if I do a bad job, there's a blurry picture in a magazine one day, and mm-hmm. if he does a bad job, somebody dies. So that's why it's really nice to hear stuff like that to know yeah. that this, you know, just something stupid like taking pictures can actually make a difference to people's lives.
0: I, I suppose the um, other way to look at that, although a doctor. Is arguably the most important, one of the most important <laughs> vocations anybody could sort of undertake in their lives. When there is that harsh reality, then art forms like that can be either an escape or a release or a like a temporary break from the harshness of reality. Yeah,
1: totally. I mean, it's that uh, you know, you've seen Dead Poet Society, you know that. I'm going to look so uncultured, but not no, alive. I mean it's a great it's a great film, and you know, it sort of has it has this speech to say exactly what you're saying. Basically, it's just that you know. What is it he says, you know, um oh, medicine um oh, fuck no. <laughs> you can edit this I'm bit it says um, Yeah, medicine, law, engineering <laughs> these are the things that keep us alive. But poetry, beauty, romance, love, these are what we stay alive for. You know, something like aye, that. Oh yeah, it's, absolutely it's uh, fantastic uh, yes, uh, guy. <laughs> because
0: it's a life without any form of art. If you see anybody, imagine a life where you can't have music or ah, drama exactly. or yeah, comedy yeah, or anything. Totally. Um so I, I totally agree with that. What what's what inspired the the granny Annie videos videos? Um, oh, so it used to be. I mean, I would make them anyway. I, I mean, I actually
1: started making them when I was 14 15 with that tiny wee digital camera that you know, point three five megapixel. And um, at that age, it was just stupid stuff for fun. And then, <clears throat> I mean, YouTube wasn't invented until was it two thousand and seven or something like that? I think it was about there. Right? And then. Um, so by that time I was in my twenties, but I would still I would still make these silly wee videos of my, my granny, and I would just show them to my pals. You know, every time if they we were all if they were all around at mine, I'd say and they'll say oh what's, what's granny, Annie even up to so <laughs> and and I would um, would sit and watch the videos. And then when YouTube came around, I didn't have to they didn't have to wait. They'd say just put them on YouTube and then and then tell me when there's a really? new one. I'll go in and check and I can I can just look at it there. So I did that. That's all it was for. When I uploaded them originally, it was just for, for my pals to have a look at them. Mm-hmm. And, and then one day, the like the, the just a view count went like that, and I was like, "Oh, what happened?" And then and then you can uh, you could go and have a look at the analytics, and it would show me not just that the views going uploads. They were mostly from Scotland, but then they started to dot up around like Australia and America and stuff like that. And then and then I can't remember exactly when it was I found out that what had happened. I think it might have been. Oh, it would have been my wee sister because I think when I was there, she was still in high school, yeah. so she was able to tell me that folk at, folk at her school were watching it, and uh, <laughs> and you know it just went went round like that basically. Um, yeah, and then eventually she started getting you know she couldn't go down near High Street without folks shaking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> granny granny <laughs>
0: at that, I've got a few splinter topics questions I'd like to ask, but the first one. Did you realise at that point how much you could harness social media for your career? Did that occur to you? How powerful um,
1: it could be? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Cause I think it was happening just around the same time that maybe my flicker was taken off. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't definitely didn't expect this of Granny Annie. If I had known that, well... I mean, I never made a penny off Granny Annie, you know. Mm-hmm. If I'd known I might have monetised it, I oh, yeah. might have taken the fun out of it. But I certainly would have maybe made a bit more effort in terms of, like... <laughs> The cinematography or that I might have tried to showcase my my art a wee uh, bit yeah. in them if uh, if I'd known that they would be seen. I mean I think more people have seen Granny Annie than ever have seen my photographies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think see, I think that's the brilliance <laughs> of it though, that it is so I kinda of would like to use a better word than raw, but that's what it yeah, is. It's yeah, very yeah, authentic. Yeah, exactly. Um you can see there's nothing staged or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I yeah. think everybody <laughs> I think part of the charm of it, I suppose, is everybody can look at that and go, oh, that's my... Ah, I feel the reality uh, of it. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, totally. Like, that's my gran. So, were there any opportunities that came off the back of those videos? Um, there were a few things. I don't know if you call them
1: opportunities, but certainly a couple of things happened. Uh, oh, they were, the, 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 the Granny Annie videos were televised a couple of times. and um, One of them was, is that a guy called? Is it Zane? Alex Zane? RootTube? Um, oh, aye, aye, so aye. he he put he put them on oh, that, aye, that aye. countdown for that one time and then ITV were doing a a documentary I don't know if it's fair to call it a documentary that's what that's what they called it right <laughs> <laughs> about about anger <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Angry <laughs> Britain it was called ah, right, okay. so they came to Granny Annie's house in here, and they sat us down and did a wee interview with us and then they um, sort of talked about various things and then they showed the clips now it wasn't do- I mean it was ITV I don't know what I expected really Um because it wasn't a documentary like I had all these I had all these thoughts I sat down and I sort of was talking about the you know the place anger has in working class culture mm-hmm. and all this kind of thing and then oh they didn't eat any of it and then they just showed the clips and it was a, it was like a really it wasn't a documentary it was like a it was a one step above you being framed you know really. right, okay, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't
0: think like did anybody ever Misinterpret or perceive it to be anger because I think as Scots that's how we speak to each other, it's how exactly. we express ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And like being in Barcelona, even with just English people, I think they sometimes think I'm really aggressive mm-hmm. when I'm I'm not, and then there's a real miscommunication that they'll be like, well, Beth, I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. That's how we communicate with each other, that's how we express ourselves.
1: I mean, yeah, if you look at the, some of the, the comments in the videos, I mean, less so these days, but before you a lot of videos, uh, comments in the videos that you know, folk thought I was i was really being a wee prick which, you know, maybe I was but I mean, they, they thought I was actually a really bad person right, and they thought that she was they thought like, I was really making her life a misery which, you know, I was not but for, for 30 seconds I was but they don't understand that that kind of anger like, I mean, it's in the video as well you know, that yeah. she can go from like fuck off son, to, to she just laughing you know, she, I mean, she, and it's it's not real, that's not real anger, you know I
0: know, it's just a, <laughs> like an irritation in it <laughs> um, in terms of that, kind of makes me want to ask about social media as a whole. Like, how much has it enhanced your career, and how much has it helped to promote your skills? Because obviously, having that audience that it brings must be a very positive thing.
1: Oh yeah, it's totally been. I mean, it was totally the making of me. Like, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for social media. Um, certainly, like it was, it was Flickr, and I never, I don't know, because I started using Flickr before. Before things like Facebook were even invented, and so it we we never thought of thicker as social media, or it, it didn't really come under. Yeah. It, it didn't have any, we, we didn't actually use that term back then, I don't think. Uh, and so all it was was just a, a way that I could share my my work. But again, it was more for sharing with friends. Again, like I just put it up there, and I and I wrote my thoughts, you know, whatever. And then it was. I found it quite nice when you know folks started folks I didn't know started to comment, started to like it. And you would join me groups and things, actually, that's right, that's how it started. And what was great about Flickr was that it was, um. Not everyone on there was a professional photographer or anything, but it was for people who were interested in photography, so. You'd get nice comments, but then you'd also get, um. folk that. folk would say, ah, oh, this is a good photo, but. have you thought about this? And then really early on, you know, I used to get. used to get remarks like, oh, you're not as good as you think you are, and all this kind of thing. Uh. And actually, do you know what? Was so helpful for me to get those because I thought I thought I was fucking awesome, you know. Yeah. And then to hear that you're not, you know. But then actually, it turns out I wasn't, and that really helped me grow. Yeah. And that's something that Flickr had that Instagram doesn't have. You know, it's all just like for like, you know, Your stuff's awesome. Everybody, it's all full of love and insta- yeah. you know, false positivity. Really, <laughs> it would be good for young artists to hear that they're not very good or that they could be a lot better. And they don't they don't get that these days. It's all just like positivity cycles that don't really lead anywhere.
0: Do you think? Do you, what do you think about the, inst- the impact because I spoke about this with Paul Black yeah. in the last episode what do you think about and I know this is a very broad question but what do you think about the impact that Instagram and in that culture of you know like for like and so on and just you say something nice with me and I'll say something nice with you I mean what do you th- what's your opinion on, on that
1: yeah it's really it's really negative and really unhealthy and I mean I'm I'm not above it like I totally find myself sucked into it as well mm-hmm. and You know, like um, whether it's you know you know just comparing the number of followers you've got with somebody else, or or seeing that somebody else is you know you know doing some really glamorous fancy gig. You know, oh fuck, why am I not doing that? You know, is my career going down the pan? What's going on? And yeah, it's really that. It's just I mean, just it's all comparison, and it's really it's really bad for you. And it's obviously you know we all know this. Everybody just presents the presents a good side on social media and then you know, but you know, why, you know, why would you present your bad stuff to exactly, you? You know, it's I not, know. Not, you know it, because actually if people did then we wouldn't want it either, and of course some people do you see like, somebody posting you know, oh god I can't believe Gary's done this to me he's cheating on me, you know, and then, <laughs> then Gary comes on and says, well maybe if you hadn't been such a bitch to and then it's like, nobody wants to see that either so I know, it's, it's but it's so, so obvious but it's just, we're keeping in mind that, that it's obviously bad stuff I mean, on the, the the one kind of thing that social media can be good for when it comes to bad, you know, negative aspects or bad things that happen in life is that a, a pal of mine died a few years ago, you know, really unexpectedly and tragically, and, you know, it was the first time in my life, really, that I'd gone through proper grief. And I found social media really helpful, actually. You know, I... You know, I, <laughs> You know, even if it was stuff that I might have thought, classic. Like, oh fuck! I'm crying myself to sleep tonight. You know, they actually folk were there for you. And, yeah. You know, folk have been in the same situation. They able to give advice. You know, and it's, it was quite. A, that was quite a public grieving I went through actually, but it really helped me. Mm-hmm. So I suppose that's an example of a way it can be helpful. But yeah, in general, the sort of chasing, chasing the rainbow and all this positive. You know, likes and it's really, yeah, it's really bad.
0: I find Instagram quite mental because. I say it all the time, like I'll tell other people you know that's not entirely real and it's it's the most positive <clears> representation anyone can have but I find myself going on Instagram and being like fuck, like questioning myself and it's yeah, totally. it's, to- it's like going down this rabbit hole mm-hmm. um, And that's, I mean I've never
1: really been able to like replicate the success that I had because Flickr's dead now and uh, nobody uses it and I don't use it mm-hmm. um, But so I thought I'll switch to Instagram that's where everyone is now and hopefully I can get the same kind of success there but I never did because in every, I mean, I'd work. Who knows what the reasons are? But I have noticed that the things that uh, you know in, in my in my feed, if I post I've, well, the things that people seem to like are fancy things. So I don't know, fancy fancy food, you know, fancy champagne, yeah. fancy cars, fancy hotels, or whatever. So if you if you are somewhere fancy and you post a picture of that, I'll get a lot of likes. They also like you know sort of traditionally beautiful things that be a sunset or you know a really? waterfall or something like that. Or they like beautiful people. Um I'm not and they like they like self. They like they like to, I think they're interested in who's behind whatever it is that's happening. Like so they people never favourite or not never but you know, don't get many likes in my, my actual photography. But then if I post a picture a selfie mm-hmm. then then that gets likes. You know yeah. they seem to be interested in the personality behind
0: it which I, I think I can understand that because if I ever go onto anybody's page and it's just loads of sunsets and things I'm like, wait a minute even if I have no interest in it I'm like, who is this? And I kind of uh, scroll yeah, until yeah, I see yeah. your face because uh, you like to just know who, who is it who's behind it. Yeah. Um, you said in a, an interview that for a long while when you first got the camera you'd hold it up to your face as a way to, to hide yourself. You felt a bit awkward in social situations oh, yeah, yeah. and as time went on it then became a way for you to engage with people, as opposed to getting away from them. Sure, enough, definitely. Can you put your finger on the the process of that changing? Like, at what at what point did it start to? You know, you felt more comfortable. Was that just a grown up thing, or was it?
1: Yeah, I think it was a natural grown up thing. I mean, um, when I was when I was a wee boy, like when I was when I was thirteen, fourteen, uh, you know, I was really shy. You know, I had some pals, but you know, just and we were all like, dweebs. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we were not thoughtful. You know, so we just kind of catch ourselves and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, and I didn't really like. I had never, you know, I'd never been to a party at that age. And then, um, and then when I came out, when I was fourteen. That kind of forced a certain level of engagement on me. I had to, whether it whether it was just in the context of being bullied. You know, I had I had yeah. to engage with it outside. World. And then that's when the camera came in handy for just kind of hiding if I didn't really fancy that. And then, I mean, that was that was air, you know, in, in, in the year two thousand. Though, um, and then when I went to uni, then I discovered, you know, that I actually quite enjoyed meeting new people. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then and then I discovered booze, and then I discovered, you know, enjoying the camera as a as a social tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it, it probably was just a natural growing up.
0: You mentioned the popular kids. And um, the bullies? <laughs> Where are they now? Do you know? Um, without without
1: being horrible, or anything. no, no. Not I mean, I'm trying to be, but I mean, I do. Yeah, I don't, I don't really. I mean, I see some of them. I mean, um, I wasn't particularly bullied. I was by people in my own year, you know, like a couple of guys. One of them, one of them, I maybe see Christmas Eve, you know, and he's not looking well. <laughs> I don't I, you It's <laughs> just like you know, he was a really handsome boy, but now he's like, like twenty stone. You uh, know, I don't, I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> I hope he's happy, whatever. But um, and then, uh, but then the the ones that were the real bullies when I was young was um, the kids in the year below me, uh-huh. and I don't know what they're up to now. Like uh, I mean, and they were some like you know every every year in a Scottish high school has yeah, got yeah. some mental cases, but that year below me at school was like full of actual sociopaths. <laughs> and I mean, I think it, I don't know if it was because the Chernobyl cloud went over here while they were in the womb, <laughs> but this, honestly, like some serious mental cases some in that year. <laughs>
0: It's, it always seems to be the case, doesn't it? People that are... I do it's just kind of going off way off in a tangent but it's something I've thought about the people who peak in high school who are, let's say, popular within the confines of their own group and they're in right, that exactly. wee echo chamber totally. go on to do... Often, uh, to be frank about it fuck all with themselves, really. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of examples of yeah. people but that's like another thought, another conversation but I bet you there's a lot of people that can can relate with it. Yeah. Um, People who behave like that tend to, to not go on anywhere. I sound as if I'm like pure exercise and demons <laughs> that <past. I> <laughs> no, that's a genuine I'm we'll not in a sort with people and I used to think like you you're not gonna go very far with an attitude like that part. Aye. So while we're on the topic of going on to do things later in life, you were named was it twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen in the Attitude magazine's <laughs> top ten yeah. eligible bachelors? Yeah, yeah. Tell me about
1: that, please. That's quite the accolade. Um, I don't know how that happened, to be honest. I just got an email one day from the editor of Attitude magazine, and he said, um, we're doing this list of... uh, Every week with
0: this guy, man. He waits till I come in. Shout out to the guy with the hoover for mugging me off for the fourth week in a row. If you're listening, mate, look, if I've done something to annoy you, I'm sorry. Just approach me. We can discuss it, but you need to stop doing that, because... Editing that out is becoming a nightmare.
1: So I don't know how that happened. One day I got an email from the editor of Attitude and it said, Hello, we're doing a list of 100 eligible bachelors. Would you like to be in it? And are you single? Or are you single? Would you like to be in it? So you back saying, yeah, that's fine. Um, And I mean, I assumed that... I I don't know how that happened to be honest. I I assume maybe somebody nominated you or something like that. But it's it's never... Come out because actually, and I don't know if that how that would be because a lot of the folk in it are like proper famous people. You know that they would just they would just know to include them or whatever. So yeah, I, don't, yeah. I really don't know how it happened. And then there was a party for it down in London, the launch party for it. So I went down, um, and yeah, it was good fun. There was uh, so, what, but at that point, you just know you're in the list. You don't know what number you are, and so they start it in the night at hundred. I mean, you're not sitting there all night. Number ninety nine is today. they just mm-hmm. play a video, going right, okay, count, yeah. counting, counting upwards, and so they're counting up, and then like I don't know, Ian McKellen's at forty four or something, and then Brian yeah, yeah. Norton's at thirty nine, <laughs> got one, and then it goes, it's going through all of these people, and I'm like, oh, there's a, a mistake, because I don't think I've, I've not been announced yet and then it just keeps going up and then it's like Wentworth Miller and Ezra Miller and like, <laughs> proper, like Hollywood people and I'm like what's going on what's going on? and then uh, and then it was and then I was there at number 10 and I was like oh well that feels great like so that's nice know. that's just uh, that's just fun although nothing's really come of it you know because um, look I do I put it on my fucking Tinder profile and then uh, <laughs> and then and then when I meet people and, I, and, then, and then and then I say and you know if, if, if you say what was that about and, and I said oh well this thing and they say oh what you mean it's real and I said, uh, oh you thought, you thought, yeah I think, you think it's a joke <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> I took you know,
0: it off <laughs> I'm profile of that. everybody thinks it's a joke so. I would love to be <laughs> in. if anyone from the Bishop Riggs Heroes are listening <laughs> I would love to be in your el- well I'm not an eligible bachelor but you know what I mean um, did you did you, like, did you get any mad fan because that's the sort of thing I would expect like Lunatics to to then attach on and, and start getting in touch with. You. Did that happen?
1: Look, I mean that that can happen anyway. Yeah, I um, suppose like Facebook makes that kind of easy, doesn't it? Like, uh, yeah, like sometimes people add me on Facebook, and God, I hope We hope he's not listening to this then, right? So somebody added me on Facebook, and then they just kind of liked everything I did, right? Mm. And then they would sort of just. But I, I don't know this person. They would comment something occasionally. You know, on something I'd posted about something I'd posted, Mm -hmm. and then you know, I mean, I might all I might do in response is just like it. You know, just when I'm when I'm liking other things, i and like them all. But you know, I never typed anything back. I never really responded. And then, um, then one day they sent me a message saying. um, well, that's fine, I'll just never comment again All I try and do is support you And you just ignore me and that. People, so, yeah. <laughs>
0: people lose touch of reality mm-hmm. and, and I feel bad for the they? person
1: Because obviously they thought I don't know what they thought That was going yeah. on there
0: But they just added me And liked my things And that's cool If they wanted to see what I'm doing up to And Facebook. that's alright That actually kind of makes me think About we've spoken about The the upsides and the adulation and, and you know the praise and stuff Has there been any real downsides To having your work out there? Um.
1: I supp- I, no, not really. I mean, I suppose the fact that so much stuff is out there, that means that I suppose if if somebody wanted to try and hurt me, then I, maybe they could try, because there's a right. lot of ammunition and stuff. But, you know, be- I mean, my friends and my family, I know they love me, they know who I am, so, you know, mm-hmm. I d- you know, any, anything I've ever been ashamed of is probably out, is out there, and I'm, I'm right. open I'm, you know, I'm on record as being ashamed of it, so... <laughs> it's no, not it <laughs> Yeah,
0: so you're living in Glasgow obviously a work dates you around quite a lot of places like have you considered living anywhere else or have you lived anywhere else
1: no I've never lived anywhere else um, I, I definitely would consider it but I don't particularly want to it would have to be just that the work took me there like yeah. that's it I mean, the th- I mean I love living in Glasgow and I don't really want to leave it but what's another thing that's great about Glasgow is it's cheap to live in mm-hmm. so if I was going to live somewhere like London I would have to be in more money mm-hmm. and then so I wouldn't move to London for the same amount of money because I bother I can have a I like my life here in Glasgow yeah, yeah. and London's not far away if I want to visit so yeah, I sure. feel like I can go anywhere I want just for a visit and then just you know enjoy Glasgow maybe that I mean it would be amazing to live somewhere like Hong Kong or New York but right. expensive and you know it, pr- it probably would get too much after a while anyway well, getting old
0: <laughs> where where has work taken you recently in terms of travelling places <clears throat> Um, Please don't tell me like Cumberland did do want the far long ones. Although
1: I will, I'll give a shit out to Cumbernauld They've got a great theatre there. Are there they uh, are? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's actually just um, it, it's uh, I think I don't think it's going to be open for another year or so yet. But their theatre is going to be like merged with a whole big new art centre for Cumbernauld They're
0: going to have a cinema and a theatre and ah, all kinds really? of stuff. So How like. fortuitous was that, <laughs> wee dig Sorry <laughs> to the people of Cumbernauld <laughs> but, like, No, no. That, <laughs> was almost, that was quite serendipitous, <laughs> was it? Like of all the places <laughs> I could have
1: chosen. Uh, Uh, But no, I have been to Cumberland recently. Um, But no, uh, I mean, I'm up and down London a lot, but uh, other than that, where have I been? um, (laughs) It's mostly been Europe recently. France and Germany. Um, I've not been outside of Europe for for a while.
0: Uh, When I have been, it was mostly Hong Kong and Singapore. Um, I'm going to ask quite a superficial, shallow question, but this sort of stuff does really interest me. And don't, please, or please don't, try and play it cool I feel embarrassed but who are the coolest and most famous people you've got to either know and work with or maybe laterally become friends with because you must be exposed to a lot of well-known figures
1: Um. yeah uh, I mean most of the time when you, when you are it's like, uh, it's, like a, it's like a one-off and there's no way they're going to remember me Like, <laughs> I mean one time I met Sean Connery and one time yeah, I met yeah. Annie Lennox but wow. there's no way they're ever going to remember that for me I was for them I was you know, either just someday just get your job done and go away yeah, or yeah. a nuisance you know uh-huh. <laughs> um, or both um, so like the people that that I've met that are like you know you sort of like come away from that going oh they're, 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 they're really good folk or, um, or you know probably people that are not like massively famous you know really? like um, or well fam- famous in Scotland say yeah. you know folk like uh, David Heyman you know I've met him a couple of times and you know like only a couple of times, and then, but he always between and between those two times, it was, I don't know, maybe like six months had passed. And the first time was just quick, very quick, but then the next time he was like, "All right,
0: Tommy, how you doing? You know, you
1: remembered, you know, that's that's so I was like still to, good, you know."
0: <laughs> to point out for for the listener on the other side of the the speaker here that when you said David Heyman, my face completely lit up. I'm a really big fan of David Hayman, so for him to remember you as well, that's um that's amazing. Actually, Vince Gallagher the um, still game because that's who sticks out in my mind most, which is ridiculous considering <laughs> the body of work he's got. But I'm a massive still game fan. Uh, you were in New York with Alan Cumming,
1: yeah, recently. Palios yours? Nope. Uh, well, maybe now, uh, maybe not. You know, I do. I, so basically, a friend of a friend, right. friend that I was in New York with, um, is party with Alan, and, right, and then yeah. so he, well, um, so. He said, now Alan's asked if we were to, go around to his tonight, a few drinks. And That's so we did cute. that, and then but my pal wasn't feeling well, so he said, um, right, we're, well, I'm, I'm feeling shit, I'm going to go home. And then I think Alan, one of Alan's pals that was there, I think, maybe took a wee shine to me, and he says, like, well, Tommy, you're not going to go home, are you? Listen, we're, we're going to the Gram Award tonight, we'll get you a seat, no problem, no problem. So, yeah, so I stayed
0: with them, and I <laughs> went that, along. love that. So, <laughs> I, then kind of coming, man, um, I think I would try and play it too cool, and I'd end <laughs> up just being like very dismissive and nonchalant. Yeah, well, that's it you never know. You know how uh, that it, is. I mean, that's why it would. I think it would be kind of horrible
1: to be like properly famous because nobody would ever feel it. They could be themselves uh, around you, and you just get surrounded by people that kind of be, you don't feel they can be themselves, and then mm-hmm. maybe you don't feel you can be yourself. And I mean, I don't know what fame is like. I, I don't really want to. Then you know like, uh, nice. uh, <laughs> That would be quite
0: tough. So the type of work that you do is. It's very unique, and it may, must be quite hard to find. Maybe at the early stages, direction. Have, have you had any like mentors or inspirations or people that have kind of shaped the way that you work?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, when I was when I just graduated from uni and I was starting out, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what kind of photography I was going to get into. I knew that it would involve, excuse me, people. Um, and that's what I wanted to photograph, but I didn't know how that was going to happen. Um, and I met just once through a kind of friend of a friend, this theatre director. Just just once, ended up having a coffee with him, a bunch of us. Uh-huh. And then it was maybe two years later. He emailed me and asked me to photograph a show that he was um, directing. And that was amazing. I wonder. I, I mean, I, I think he maybe just sort of like kept me in mind, had a look at my stuff, and then maybe when I was good enough thought. Uh-huh get this guy's photographs I me, mean, and so, I mean, and he's a really, like, sort of important Scottish director, so I kind of <clears throat> was lucky to get thrown in a deep end there, photographing for him, and then when theatre companies saw what I'd done for him, I started to get lots of work in theatre, mm-hmm. so I really credit him with, you know, getting me started in theatre in that sort of simple professional way, but also then his theatre company, uh, Untitled Projects, his name's Stuart Lane, they... The people that work for them all become kind of a family, and for many years until the theatre company um, was kind of put into hibernation a bit, but now it's coming back out of that is uh, that that family. You know, we were all, all became like great friends, and so he was like a mentor, kind of professional in the theatre world, and then just sort of really helped me out a lot. Uh, and then there's been a couple of others as well. Um, Alexis Gautier, who's a chef in London, um, sort of he. I started to work for him, photographing his food and his restaurants oh, and yeah, things yeah. like that. And yeah, it's always sort of like you know older people who, to them, you're not just a, somebody that's coming in to do a job for them and go away. They, they want to f- you know make a relationship with the people they work with and get to know them well. And that's that's really you know you, you, you learn from them and they learn from you because of course once you once you become old and successful, you it's, it's good to surround yourself with people who are you know fresh and young and know what's happening in the world and then vice mm-hmm. versa. You know you learn from each other.
0: Aye. I just kind of thinking that as well. So when work is going well, I'm sure it's very profitable, very enjoyable, keeps you busy. How do you deal with those times when there is a wee dip or a wee low? Like you said, January is quite a quiet month. Like, do you occupy yourself with other projects, or do you just kind of wait patiently? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, there's always things you should be doing. I mean, um, even if you're not actually out shooting, then, and even if I've managed to get through my editing backlog, which is unusual, then there's stuff like I mean I, I, for a while now I've been trying to get my new website in the go that's really been like on the back burner because mm-hmm. I've just been lazy with getting all the stuff together to be honest but stuff like that or like just managing your social media and stuff like that I mean that's that becomes like an important part of the mm-hmm. the job really.
0: Is it is it a profession that can become saturated because obviously there's only so much work to go around
1: Yeah absolutely Um And of course, I mean, there are so many photographers now, more than there ever have been. Um, And so a lot of it comes down to um, luck. Mm -hmm. I mean, people ask me, like, oh, you know, what advice would you have for young people? Um, And the advice would be just be lucky. Because, I mean, it's not... I mean, we all know that, like, talent's not enough because there are lots of talented people. And so people usually say, like, oh, you know, you know, talent won't take you far enough. You've got to work hard. But actually, I know lots of people that are talented and that work hard that haven't made it. Mm-hmm. It's just bad luck. Uh, so a lot of it really is just stuck. And I mean, a lot of it's been in the right place at the right time. Yeah. So you can, in a way, you can kind of make your own luck by being in lots of places. Mm-hmm. you know, do everything that you get invited to do. Yeah. Like a lot of the contacts I made in in the theatre world and everything is because. Because for many years in my, in my early 20s, I can never say no if I was ever in a situation. And I mean, just put yourself in a situation, you know, hang around theatre bars and like make pals and then, f- you know, after shows, actors and directors all come together and yeah. they say, oh, where should we go for a drink now? And then you're there, you just tag along, you <laughs> yeah. know, and then you become their pal and you know, you just, yeah, never say no to it. If anybody invites you for a drink, never say no that. That's great advice, isn't
0: it? It's all about who you know. Yeah, but exactly. So we'll get to, want, to know, you know? people, here. Yeah. What advice would you would you give a young Tommy, starting out? Not so much as um, how to make it, but in terms of perseverance, maybe. Um. Or maybe I should reword that. What advice would you give a young you, starting out, that, that you wish you'd known back then?
1: So I suppose the thing I wish I'd known when I was younger uh, was maybe to trust myself a bit more. But I don't know if that advice is universal because, um, like, I think a, a lot of a lot of young people I, I meet now trust themselves too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, I only t- I started learning to trust myself, or not even to trust myself, yeah, but to, and also to trust myself and to speak up about that only in, like, the past couple of years. So if I was working, like, in, in my professional life anyway, you know, if, I, if I'm on a job and, you know, somebody's asking me what, you know... Tell them what they want. So we want you to do this, and if I think they're wrong or if I think it's hard to do, I would just be like, okay, fine, because you know I just think, well, I'm I'm paid to do a job. Mm-hmm. I should try and do it. I should try and give them what they want. But on the other hand, I, now that I'm a bit older, a bit more confident, I sort of realise, you know, actually, they've paid me to to come in and do what I think is best. Mm-hmm. So now I might say to somebody, actually, well, that's not going to work, or. I think that's a bad decision, mm-hmm. but that took me a really long time to get there. So, and obviously there's a balance as well because trusting yourself too much is just thinking that you're always right and you've got the answers. When actually, something it's good to, you know, it's good to challenge. If you're, you know, a client and a photographer challenge each other, I think there's a, mm-hmm. you know, way to come to a balance. That's kind of like
0: you mentioned earlier that echo chamber that the, the yeah people exactly. these days are kind of living in, but then yeah. see themselves as either better than they are. Knowing more than they do, yeah, yeah. Um, and then taking, really taking criticism to heart. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, with, with a prime example of that, I mean, obviously it's quite an unusual and extreme one, is uh, Brooklyn Beckham.
0: Can, can I tell this one?
1: <laughs> I go for right, it. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure lots of people sent you that. You know the video I'm talking about. Right. Okay. Uh,
1: no, I don't. I mean, I know he did a book. That's oh, the, Right. Okay.
0: Second. So. So uh, right, uh, you hold on right. I have really jumped in here so I apologise no, 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 yeah. so I was watching a guy doing a YouTube review of Brooklyn Beckham's work and I'm sure I sent you and I That's was watching right, it no, right? and this guy basically was critiquing it and ripping it apart and I was sitting there thinking my mate Tommy's a good photographer and then this <laughs> guy went if you really want to know a very talented <laughs> photographer you have to check Tommy and what and I was like oh my god and then I sent you and I'm sure you wrote uh, something right, about I was, it
1: yeah, I I'd I, I wondered why I was
0: getting all these new followers because <sighs> this guy made that video uh, so yeah. y- you could give your insight on on Brooklyn Beckham's yeah. work and, and it'll kind of then make sense what I was talking about there. sure
1: yeah I mean he's just uh, he's not very good but He's 18 And I wasn't very good When I was 18 So I think it's Mm -hmm. like I don't have anything against him I don't know what I don't know what kind of guy he is Just like what it is is that his photography needs a lot of improvement mm-hmm. and the sad thing about him is I don't think he'll ever get that improvement because nobody's going to nobody's gonna say to him you're shit yeah. or of course he's going to hear it a lot online from from strangers yeah. but he won't care because he's getting book deals and he's getting exhibited in big galleries and he's getting commissioned by big companies because he's Brooklyn Beckham you know, they don't care that. about the quality and that's a real shame for him
0: yeah. and for
1: the world sure he's shot
0: but for Burberry. Burberry that's it that's which is fuck it. even yeah. I know that's mental and I know nothing about yeah. photography and he's, I'm sure his brother was modelling Rome- the middle brother Romeo was um, was modelling as well right. But yeah. and I'm sure he had some world class fashion photographer kind of guiding him and I just remember yeah, yeah. that is I suppose nepotism yeah, it's at his totally. finest yeah totally <laughs> but he, it must be quite hard for him because imagine the pelter yeah, that
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, I, like, just like I feel sorry for Justin Bieber. I mean, like, no wonder he's a prick. To,
2: like, I know, I feel bad for <laughs> him as well. Imagine <laughs> that,
1: that,
0: Nobody wants that kind of life. Because uh, really, really? he is a prick, let's <laughs> be oh, yeah, honest. Totally. But imagine being 12 and having anything you want, any money, any amount of money you could imagine. Lots of famous people, adults as well, want to be your pals, which yeah, is weird yeah, when just, you're only yeah.
1: 12. Yeah, like, it's a, so yeah,
0: it's real, real tragic. Actually, I feel you know. like actually he's. Potentially that fucked up that in a mm. way he can justify being like that can be like his outlet for the weird life he's yeah, had.
1: Like, but yeah, I mean, it's a totally common thing, isn't it? Like Michael Jackson or Macaulay Culkin, yeah, like all these child stars end up fucking shooting up or worse,
0: you know. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin is, seems bizarrely like normal now, I, he, he seems to have recently. like come back out of his like, uh, problems, which uh, is cause I heard them good on, on him him, <laughs> I heard him in Joe Rogan. And he's like, Yeah, I'm thirty nine and I was like, fuck No you're not, you're nine <laughs> like why do I, you only ever see him in in, uh, in Home Alone. He must yeah. be absolutely loaded by the imagine the royalties that he gets. Would they get it. royalties or would that be the studio? I
1: don't know actually, I mean uh, Yeah, I don't uh, Maybe maybe not him, because I'm, yeah. I'm sure like big stars and have good agents and know to get them royalties, but when you're a kid you'd probably get taken advantage of.
0: I think did he get would you call it emancipated when you essentially divorce your parents? Did
1: he
0: did do that? What? It, like that, if say like if you get legally separated from your parents, what do you call that? Emancipation. Don't know. I'm going to, need to edit that, because I'm going to look really stupid. But I, I'm sure he had he had something. And imagine being like. Yeah. This isn't about him being left alone in New York. This is like he's no, no, this is real life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, fucking. <laughs> it. I'm not talking about like. that. Imagine that. Home Alone Part Three. High Court. like <laughs> No, no, no. Like, yeah, okay, I'm sure he did that. Maybe, maybe he didn't. Um, well, it wouldn't surprise you because that's a, yeah.
1: These a lot. Of, it happens to a lot of these child stars they because they're all children now, don't they? Yeah, and then it's like they're all they're just thinking about the
0: money rather mm-hmm.
1: than the
0: child, you yeah. Who was the mo- One of the most recent, Miley Cyrus. She had a oh, mad breakdown. Hi, yeah. So would you for would would you? This, I know the answer to this question already. But for all that money, would you swap places with these people? Nah,
1: definitely not. Definitely not. Um, yeah, and it's. I mean, it's funny because I mean, try to think. Like, I mean, even though, yeah, thinking about these child stars, and I'm thinking about what Paul said to you in the last episode. It's the same for me. Like, I mean, not that I'm a star or anything. But even though I've been able to say to my mum and my dad and my granny point to a billboard and say, I did that, like, mm-hmm. that's my picture, or uh, even point to the telly and say, look, I'm on the telly, uh-huh. and then they'll say, aye, but you ever think about getting a real job, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get
0: that as well, you know, and it's really... Do they still have
1: that, like, opinion? Less so now, but I mean, but only quite recently, you know, even a couple of years ago, it would be the same. I mean, my mum and dad are less, 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 less bad for that, but they still do say mm-hmm. it. But certainly granny Annie up till she died, you know, it was still the same, we just get, get, get a real jobs, you know? <laughs> So do you think a like, pound in the bank's
0: your best friend, you know <laughs> <mean? laughs> Like pound for pound is pursuing your passion and living out your enjoyment each day. Is it worth the uncertainty and the, the instability at times? Um,
1: yeah. Uh, well for me it has been and I w- I wouldn't change it. But Say I had a say I had a a daughter mm-hmm. <laughs> and she says to me Dad, I want to be a photographer, I want to be an actor. Ah, you know, obviously you want to support their dreams but yeah, I yeah. think a part of me would be like, No you don't you, you, no you don't, no you don't <laughs> <So>
0: can, <laughs> can you like sorta of let it slide then like some of those comments from your like, grand, your mum? Okay, I mean I know where they're coming from, yeah, you know, yeah. they it's and it, but you know, I
1: mean obviously and it's obviously different when I suppose like you know, I am from a working class back then. You know they you know, if I if I if I fall in my arse and that, I don't make any money. You know, mm-hmm. obviously they'll be there for me to help me, but yeah. it's not like they're rolling in it where it's aye, easy. Aye. You know, so yeah, yeah. suppose if you know if if you're rich, then you cannot, you know your your son and daughter can afford to go and fanny about trying to be an mm-hmm. actor, and if they if they succeed, great, and if if they don't, then 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 you're fine. you find there's, you there's you know keep trying. But if you don't, if you come from a working class, you don't have that luxury. Yeah. And that's why it's really hard for, there's not many working class actors in Scotland, especially now, uh, you know, less and less as the generations go on. You think that is because it, it, yeah, there is hard. less it's of hard. a safety net? Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. it's hard for them.
0: Yeah. What? If you know anything about, and I'm really just pure stabbing in the dark here, I, I, do initiatives exist to encourage people from... These types of backgrounds to enter into the arts, whether it's acting or. Uh, I don't know so
1: much about from an education. I don't know what the Royal Conservatoire are up to, say, but I know Scottish Youth Theatre, mm-hmm. who just this last year were facing closure because of funding cuts. Mm-hmm. Then they, you know, there were people stepped in and it happened. But as a condition of that, they had to make sure that they were really helping everybody, not just people who could afford to pay their fees. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of scholarships for working class kids and that kind of thing. I know uh, you've uh, seen a big Still Game fan. Um, one of my pals who I've known for years is, uh, Scott, uh, is an actor. Scott Reid. Scott Reid, do you know yeah, Scott? I, I
0: don't know him, but I know. I've oh, right, well, him. Yeah,
1: Method yeah. On, like. uh-huh, so, I, I mean, you should get him on here. I'd love to have Scott Reid on, right? Uh, eh? uh, I mean, I've known him for, since since he was still studying, and, uh, I mean, he was always a cocky wee bastard, and <laughs> he still <laughs> is, but I mean, But he was, he was good as well, you know, yeah, that's yeah. just how he's got where he is. Um, so, yeah, he's a great guy, and, I mean... Um, yeah, it's, you know working class background, as well, and he's one, and he's doing really well for yeah. himself now. He's filming in America, and you know this kind of thing. As so um, yeah, he's yeah he's doing really well.
0: I am not not that I'm being disparaging towards people from more privileged backgrounds, but I would argue, and I'm, and I'm probably am saying this from a very biased perspective. But I would argue that people from working class backgrounds tend to be the at times the most creative. Or you know if you look <clears> at people look at historically. People like Billy, I mentioned them on the time, at Billy Conley mm-hmm. is the epitome of coming from the working class, and this mm-hmm. uh, this makes I think this will sound terribly. I, I don't know if I'm putting myself across the right way, but do, do you know what I mean by that? That that it cannot almost breed creativity.
1: Yeah, totally. Because, and it's just about because I think creativity just comes from life experience, mm-hmm. and you know, if you're working class, then you know what your life is like. But you also know what, You know what life is like For rich people Because they're always Fucking telling you You know, But, you know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. rich people don't know What life is like For poor people Because uh, they don't Why would they need to bother To find out either Yeah. And then especially And I mean That's and it's You know And that's just that's Yeah that's what we call Privilege now isn't it Like mm-hmm. rich people don't know What it's like for poor people White people don't know What it's like for black people Straight people don't know What it's like for gay people You know mm-hmm. And this is like Yeah All these different levels Of just knowing What life it's, is like
0: for people uh, Which is why it's important To have these voices And yeah, exactly. media Where it's whether it's acting Drama Comedy Music Art Writing um, yeah. It's important to hear these voices We actually <laughs> spoke about it um, Last week as well With Paul Black About the importance of women mm-hmm. um, In Scottish comedy Because it's ultimately A very male dominated um, yeah. Industry And I don't know what it, I suppose we don't know What it's like For women mm-hmm. Um Again, speaking quite broadly, I read a lot of things. I'm like, fucking hell, that's surely not. No, that's like, exactly that's
1: what you say. Surely
0: not. I know, but I it's like, bit, but but I know, like, like I'm not getting harassed walking down yeah, the street, yeah. or I'm not, you know, being whether well, discriminated against in any Absolutely. type form of media or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I am probably the definition of the most privileged character to ever have. Male, white, mid twenties, Scotland, straight. You You're know, ugly not, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. I, ugly, ugly. Definitely. ugly <laughs> right. right. um, I so so I think yeah, it's important. To, the older I get, the more I realise how important it is to have these voices, whether whether or not I can relate to it. Um, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's definitely <clears> important <throat> to to understand. This is a very vague question, but ten years from now, where would you like to see yourself?
1: Oh, I have no idea, to be honest. Uh,
2: that's because, so
1: fine. I mean, like, ten years ago, if you told me I'd be where I'm now, I would never have imagined- I could never have imagined it. You know, in so many different ways. So,
0: is that part of the enjoyment and the adventure that? Yeah, exactly. Predictability.
1: Totally. Uh, that said, though, I mean, like your twenties, maybe even your thirties, they can kind afford of adventure, and I suppose. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, I don't I don't ever want to stop adventuring. Sure, but I d- I would like kids. So.
0: Right. Okay. So yeah. that's
1: something. Yeah, I would. I would like to be a father. Uh, so that convince
0: them not to be photographers.
1: Um, well, no, I mean, like, if I mean, I would try my best to support them in whatever they want to do. But yeah, but uh, that would kind of a photographer Maybe you'll be well <laughs> off enough by then. Aye, then you fingers crossed. Yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't want to do that either. You know, like, um, oh, you know, even even if I was stinking rich, you know, my, my son and daughter, they're going to learn the meaning of work. You know, yeah, I, I, would, like, I would like to thank the I hear that wrote. Gordon Ramsay, you know, uh, when they go on holiday. Kids are in economy, you know, because really, yeah. you know you, you can get you can go in you can go in first
0: class when you earn your own money, and I think that's quite good. You yeah, know, that's a good attitude. I would say so. I would say so. Never I thought I would be admiring anything that Gordon Ramsay, <laughs> but there you go. Tommy, this was a real pleasure. I uh, thank you very much for joining. No, my me. pleasure. Thanks very much. It's been good. Thanks for listening And I hope you enjoyed that Thanks again to Tommy For giving up his time To to come and speak to me The next few episodes Are going to be Focused on the subject Of gambling um, And the impact That it's having on people Uh, Some people are going to be sharing their stories Their low points, their experiences uh, And how they've dealt with it I think it's something that impacts a lot more people than I've realised And I think it'll be very worthwhile to kind of go into that And hopefully it'll be of help to to some people kind of started the conversation a wee bit On social media And the response I had was astounding I didn't realise it was impacting so many people. It's kind of blissful ignorance on my part. So, if that sounds of interest to you, then I would look out for that coming uh, in the next couple of weeks. If you feel you would like to come on and contribute or share anything, whether anonymously or I don't know, you probably know better than me, then feel free to get in touch anytime. Until then, feel free to leave a review or a rating. I've said this before. Please make it a positive one. If not, just leave it out,
2: mate. See you next time. 沒有說退避 the whole cock hai moi and you gonna get that camera broke.